What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode 104 of Smack Talk from SmartOutMoment.com. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. With me on the mic this evening, we have Mike Payton. I, I got no no clever rhymes or nothing like that. What, what's shaking, everyone? Happy Friday. <laughs> late, no late, happy Halloween. No rhymes? No rhymes. No gonna, rhymes this time. I'm gonna hold, <laughs> I lied. <laughs> I'm gonna hold that to you for next week. You need to like start busting rhymes. You need to be busting rhymes next week. <laughs> we also have Miguel Leon. Back by popular demand. Steven Wego. Yo. And Michael Burhan. Howdy. Our special feature for tonight is going to be reviewing Hell in a Cell, and we're also going to quickly do the hot tags because there's not too much to talk about. We'll take a little break in part three. But first things first, we have to tackle the weekly trivia question, otherwise known as the Ask Him. So, Burhan, who got last week's right? Okay, uh, well, the question that I asked everybody was, who was the individual that won the television title from Kid Cash when he was doing this whole Kid Rock gimmick? And the answer to that one, and the person who was also the last ECW champion, was Rhino. So, yay to everyone who got that. Now, um, actually listing everybody now uh, is The Rosa Show. And um, who says he doesn't dislike Jamie O'Halloran? Only person. I don't like him very much. Joking, Jamie. Uh, Awesome Piano Man, of course. Um, And also Jamie O'Halloran. And Watchman King 67. So there you go, guys. Praise to you all, and for those of you who just don't answer, I hate you. And I believe Dean oh. Quinn got it right as well. He did on Twitter. He tweeted it to me, and then complained about the fact that we bitch about TNA too much. Fuck TNA. <laughs> oh, speaking of TNA, I, I've got a bit of a rumor. No, no, no. <laughs> Hayden wants to go bed happy tonight. <laughs> as do I. So Please. what's the uh, question for this week's Ask Him? Okay. <laughs> As always, we do a question first to stump the host, as there was no keeping kayfabe this week. Well, not none of that I don't know that I didn't know of. Maybe Payton did it secretly. Um, I'm going to basically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to do a very Halloweeny type question for you guys, as it's the day after Halloween. So let's go and talk about something that happened um, in WCW. It was a match involving an electric chair. What I want to know is, name the match. And for extra points, name the person who was electrocuted. Ooh, um, is, it, is this for us or for the fans? It's for you guys. All right. The, I know the person that was electrocuted was uh, Abdullah the Butcher, because I've seen okay. that gif of him pretending to be uh, electrocuted. And I believe... Um, uh, I believe the matchup was the Chamber of Horrors match. Yes, it was. Ding, 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 ding. It and was. It, I was. I was either going to say that or the Dungeon of Doom match, but Dungeon of Doom was the team that was in there. It involved loads of WCW uh, superstars in that match, and it was actually quite funny because if you watch back at that match, you would just laugh hysterically because it doesn't look scary at all. But still, um, segueing off of that. Speaking uh, of another WCW gimmick, I want to know the name of an individual who wore a Stormtrooper helmet in a promo. Name the individual playing the character, name the character, and name their relation, if any, 
to a WWE superstar. That's all I'm giving you. So you name the gimmick, name the guy, and for extra points, name the relation to a WWE superstar. This is a funny one, guys. So make sure you guys uh, send in your choices for what you think the answer is. And we'll tell you next week who got it right and who got it wrong. And I will reiterate on the Smart Cat Moment channel as well, guys. So uh, just so you know, and also for my upcoming Smart Cat Moment article. All right, guys. Things are going to heat up a little bit in part two when we start running down the hot tag. Only one of them. <laughs> so we will see you there. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for the hot tags, or I should say hot tag, because there's only one thing to talk about this week. It's been a very slow week. I am ignoring all of the TNA stuff. That's been the only story that people are talking about, because I don't want to talk about it until we actually have something solid. And all this rumor and hearsay we've been hearing about Smashing Pumpkins and Shane McMahon and all that. It's the same kind of stuff you hear from movie casting and all that and it never ends up turning out to be anything but so but but mango if, if you can't trust the wrestling observer and dave Meltzer, who can you trust you can trust right. smart out moment scoop, that's what you can trust <laughs> uh the only thing that i came across this week though that seemed to be of any real importance for the most part if you can kind of even say that is the former TNA knockout Roxy has announced that she's retiring from wrestling so right after uh Caval, or low-key, or whatever you want to call him, is well, deciding to yeah. retire. Roxy is going to retire as well. Two people that never made anything of themselves in WWE and aren't, like, these huge, huge names, even though they were big in TNA. So, uh, it's a shame, I guess, if she's retiring for any kind of negative reason. I don't really necessarily know why I'm... Assuming it's just she's done with it and oh well she's moving on with her life and if that's the way, the the situation then hey good you know sometimes you need to get out of that kind of stuff but I don't really know too much about Roxy I wasn't really into TNA ever so my experience with Roxy has been very limited I've seen a couple matches when she was this voodoo person and I've seen a couple when she wasn't she was kind of like a hardcore person uh, with you know, semi-shaved head and all that, but she was all right. So that's basically all I have to say about it. So I'm going to go around the horn here because there's not too much else we're going to do. So, uh, Stephen, what do you think about Roxy retiring? I'm not too bothered. I was more interested in Mark Henry dress- dressing up like Rick Ross for Halloween. <laughs> Burhan? Um, I didn't really care very much for it. And the reason being... It just seems like every now, well, in this recent day and age, um, professional wrestlers seem to quit rather easily. You know, you've, you've got guys who like, oh, it's not working out. I'm just going to quit. Where back in the old days, you have more sterner stuff. So cry babies. <laughs> no, well, to be to be fair, though, the, the, the schedules back in the day weren't as, as rough as they were as they are today, at least in the big companies. And yeah, but really, and give them more options. Honestly, now they can be actors. Is, is that exactly what you did? Quiet, <laughs> 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 Peyton. Go back in your box. That was perfect. <laughs> so, Miguel, your thoughts on Roxy? I always found her cute. I don't know. I, don't, I never found her like too sexy, but I always found her cute for some reason. 
Especially when she came back that third time and she was doing the uh, fitness gimmick. Well, it seemed like she was doing a like fitness bodybuilder type gimmick. I always found her kind of cute. Um, in terms of her wrestling ability, I mean, I give her credit for reinventing herself in the hardcore style. You know, even though she's more known as just a straight up like mat wrestler. Well, not mat wrestler, but just a, a worker type wrestler. Um, it's unfortunate. I, I don't think she would have ever been a huge star, but we could have used more talented workers like her on the roster. I, I really think there could have been a spot for her in the WWE, but I guess if she felt she couldn't make it in the big time, that's unfortunate. And there, she's already tried TNA and TNA really less said the better. Um, but, uh, it's unfortunate cause I, w I was a fan of hers. I, I really was. And, uh, it, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, it's unfortunate having to walk away from something like that. But if she's in a better place now, then more power to her. That sounds like this is an obituary. <laughs> if she's in a better place now. <laughs> 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 like, going to TNA is like, you might as well just hang yourself. <laughs> At least she ain't <laughs> suffering anymore. Yeah, yeah, they, they, she, put her, she put herself out of her misery. Right. Round us out. Peyton, your thoughts? Who? <laughs> I guess that's a good one. It's about right. Why uh, is it when it comes to TNA people, I'm not a dick? Like I, I, I'm the only one that gives them like, oh, it's unfortunate. You know, I was a big fan of these guys. Ever somebody else? Who? Huh? Uh, no, TNA? no, no. I, I, I have something actually to say. I wonder how long it's going to be till she does her porno night at the Roxy Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't co-star China. One can only, Roxy. Yeah, one can only hope. I'd watch that. <laughs> Who'd watch the shit out of it? Yeah. All right. Coming up in part three, we're gonna have a trailer for that. <laughs> <laughs> for a hand, get on that. You've got the production value. Total opposite. We're gonna take a little bit of a break and the rest hold. And then we're gonna come back with Hell in a Cell pay-per-view review. Let's take a little breather here with the rest hold portion of the program, where we use the downtime to scramble around some of the quicker segments and promotional material we have going on at the moment. For instance, we have the Bleacher Report card, for those that are interested in knowing what I've written this week for that website. There's one article reviewing who were the biggest stars at Hell in a Cell, so if you want to read that, go ahead and click on that link in the YouTube description, or you can find it on smartoutmoment.com itself, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and of course, Bleacher Report. The YouTube comment of the week goes to Awesome Piano Man for his comment, WrestleMania 30, John Cena versus Alberto Del Rio for a human unification match, pitting two of the most generic wrestlers of all time to become one. Also, big shout out and thank you to Awesome Piano Man for taking part in the Sign Me Up initiative. He brought a Smark Out Moment sign to the most recent episode of Monday Night Raw, showing his support for the YouTube channel as well as the website, which just fucking rocks. I love seeing that from you guys. Living up to the awesome part of his username. Thanks again, APM. We love to interact with you guys, which is why we have the monthly mailbag, where you can send us in any questions you want us to answer. It doesn't have to be wrestling-related, and we'll open up and expose you to what's going on in our heads, no matter how scary it might be. <laughs> Something that makes this next mailbag extra special is because we'll be addressing those questions on the live edition of Smack Talk, coming to you November 15th at 10 p.m. Eastern. If you want to send in those questions ahead of time via email, we'll make sure to get to those throughout the night. But you can also call into the show live and talk with us. You can ask us anything going on in your mind. 
and just bullshit around when it comes to wrestling. No special feature that week. It's going to be all dedicated to you guys and the hot tags and the Ask Him and everything like that as part of our second of three seasonal specials that we'll try to be doing. This one's autumn, so what the hell, we'll call it the Fallout Fest. Don't miss it, it's going to be awesome. Lastly, if you think you might want to join the writing squad for SmartOutMoment.com, I've got a lot of spots to fill in regards to covering television shows and doing some editorials and some other kind of segments out there. So if you or anybody that you know might be interested in tackling those subjects, shoot me an email and I could really use the help. So get on that. Let me know. I'd love to have you be part of the team. That's enough of a break time. Let's kick this into gear and start talking about Hell in a Cell. And overall, let me give a quick rundown of my uh, general thought of the pay-per-view. Some good, some bad. There wasn't one of those kind of things where, oh my god, this was the most awful thing in the world like it was for Battleground. At the same time, I wasn't, you know, uh, every match thrilled and just going crazy. So keep that in mind. Good and bad. We're going to break all of it down match by match here like we usually do. And we're going to start off with the pre-show. And not the pre-show that we were told that we were going to get, but the pre-show that we did get. Damian Sandow versus Kofi Kingston. Instead of the Intercontinental Championship match between uh, Biggie Langston and Curtis Axel. Now, supposedly, that was because Curtis Axel has some kind of a hip injury, which they haven't touched much upon. And they didn't really make a huge deal out of. So... I'm of the idea that this isn't legitimate, and I kind of want to leave that mostly for the United States title talk, but that's just something to keep in mind for when we get to that part later on. What we did get, Damian Sandow versus Kofi Kingston. I like the match, essentially, for what it was. It was just filler thrown at the last minute, nothing special, nothing awful, just a good standard type of match that showcased that Damian Sandow has a new finisher and can win. Uh, let's go around here and see what you guys think about it, Peyton. It was all right. Yeah, Sandow's got a new finisher. It's called the You're Welcome, which is great. I think it, he finally – it's not the best finisher he could have, but it's a step up from just having this random neckbreaker thing. At least it's something that can be attached to his personality. They can throw a name on it. And he, it's, it's a pretty nice uh, – what would you actually be the official name of that? It's a full Nelson slam, I think, I think is what so. you would call that. Um, and, of course, he still has the Kopito Akiet, Kopiko, someone. The elbow of disdain. That. <laughs> Thanks, Michael Cole. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it was a last-minute thing. It, it was entertaining enough for what it was. I, I still think they could have taken that U.S. title slot and put it on the opening match because that way people were promised a title match. People wanted to see a title match. They still would have gotten that, but I think they did what they had to. I, I, I don't think it was a fumble by any point in their means. As far as why Curtis Axel was taken out, whether that's legit or not, I, I don't like to know. You know. I'm one of those people who like to still believe the magic of what's going on there. So I'm just going to believe that it's true for now. And Know that the Prodigal Sons intercontinental title reign continues. It's been a pretty good long one. Maybe he could break some records. Is he still the best in the world? The new best in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel. I I didn't see this one. I didn't start watching the. I, 
by the way, just a heads up, I actually was off that night, so I tried watching the pay-per-view, but I didn't get into the pay-per-view until halfway through the first matchup, so I missed this one, but... God, Kingston versus Sando, I feel like we've seen that before. And I'm not just saying that to be a, a dick or anything. It's just, it feels like those guys, it feels like we have seen that kind of matchup, whether it be, you know, just, just that kind of, just two mid-carters put together to have a random matchup. I, 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 It just has nothing, no flavor to me. I think that's pretty much their spot right now, just filler. Well, Sandow's in a different story uh, right now, but Kofi Kingston, he's that guy that they throw in whenever they need a title change or they just need somebody to job to Bray yeah, Wyatt or... Little, it's going to be like, hey, we didn't put the IC title match at Night of Champions. I'll just get Kofi. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you think about this match, Steven? I thought it was a solid match uh, for what it was. It was a effort. It was like a good TV match, so it fit the pre-show. Um, I was happy with it. Um I would actually like to see him get a little more time, and I wouldn't mind a program between the two, to be quite honest. For, like, um, a main event kind of slot? like if... No, no, just like a general feud between the two. We don't get enough mid-card feuds. I'd like Kofi versus Damien Sandow. I got the feeling it could uh, do something for Kofi more so than Damien Sandow. Hmm. Would you want him to be kind of included into this whole John Cena, Del Rio, Sandow kind of thing? Make it a foursome? Well, I'm guessing that Sandow's going to kind of get knocked down a few pegs after this feud, and I think if you need someone to feud with him to stay relevant after he's done with Cena, I think he should feud with someone like Kofi. For a couple of pre-show matches? <laughs> nah, you could stick him on the pay-per-view. Um, maybe actually have one of them be the uh, IC champion. I think Damien Sandow would look good with the Intercontinental title. Like the, like, like the new t- like now that they brought back the old style, I think it'd fit him well. I, I can tell you, I just made Damian Sandow my Intercontinental Champion on my WWE Universe mode on WWE 2K14, and it looks <laughs> exquisite on him. You see, I told you. Uh, and by the way, I've just been playing that. I can't even, I can't even get a Hulk Hogan to job at the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Only Daniel Bryan's accomplished it so far. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the only match you play on there? It's fucking hard. I'd like it. It's really entertaining. <laughs> that it sounds it. Rohan, your thoughts on uh, Sandow and Kingston? I'm with Miguel on this one. Um, I, the thing is, they've done the job. They've done the job well, but I just don't see any, but either of them now rising up above to the status that they're currently on. Um, as with what Payton said and, and what Stephen um, has stated, I probably see Sandow going for the IC title at some point, holding a mid-card title. I don't see him escalating any further. And as for Kofi, yeah, yeah, he's probably going to get called on when someone else gets injured just to hold the championship for a couple of more days. Sandow at best will get one of those. If he stays long in, t- in WWE and doesn't and doesn't do anything wrong, he's going to get one of those um, veteran championship title reigns somewhere down the line I could see. Kofi, he's had his shot. Well, you know what? He's got the look for it. Um, maybe a gimmick change and make him a bit more serious like they did with The Miz, and you could probably uh, work in a title, run, uh, even if it was a couple of months. I, I, I'm not a fan of The Miz at all, especially especially post-WrestleMania. What was the one that he headlined? 27? Yeah, I have not been a fan of The Miz. I, I have my problems with The Miz. Yeah, but what I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it's got to be like The Miz. I'm saying... Isn't Miz is an example of someone who got a bit more serious and had a main event run? I agree with Steven on that one. I could see that in Kofi's case. Yeah, yeah, maybe. 
Maybe a world maybe a world heavyweight title run. Before we wrap this up, there's one other thing that happened in the pre-show, which I thought was pretty entertaining. Um, other than The Undertaker winning the poll for Mr. Hell in a Cell, which is just kind of an awkward title that they would give to somebody. Uh, well, and, they, and they had Mick Foley on the list. Like, <laughs> that would be almost an insult, where his biggest was, Hell in a Cell thing was nearly... He's done. the guy that gets crippled in Hell in a Cell, right, not the guy exactly. that wins Hell in a Cell. That seemed a little weird, but one thing that I thought was really funny was uh, the panel that we had for this pre-show included Biggie Langston, and they ended up setting something up for later on with Biggie and Dean Ambrose, which we'll talk about later, but... Uh, two of the other people that were on the panel were R-Truth and Josh Matthews. And I forget the question that they asked him, but R-Truth goes on this completely nonsensical rant. And he's, like, all energetic and making no sense. I got diagrams! Right, he's just, like, you know, flipping out, and he's, like, his head's bobbing left and right and whatever. And they pan backward, they pull back, and you, you can see the whole panel there. And Josh Matthews is cracking up he just looks at the camera and he just mimes the words what <laughs> just to showcase that like r-truth is completely out of his freaking mind that's awesome though i love r-truth when he's like deep in character it's fucking <laughs> that shit funny he needs to go back to that he really does he's so much more entertaining when he's like that than when he's trying to just do the what's up rap and jobbing out the very wyatt six weeks in a row but any last thoughts for this match guys Nope. Alright. <laughs> Tag Team Championship match. The Shield and the Usos get their shot against Cody Rhodes and Goldust. And going into this match, and well, going into the pay-per-view itself, we pretty much all were on agreement that this was the match that we were the most excited for and that we thought that this was going to be the match of the night. And I think that it was for the most part. Um, I, I really can't like break down the positives and the negatives for it for the most part i just flat out really enjoyed it i thought that this was a great way to start off the pay-per-view and i wish it kind of kept that momentum going we had a bit of like a stall in the middle which wwe's tend to be doing a lot lately and i don't understand why they're doing it but this was a really good way to start it off if it could have all been like this it would have been a fantastic pay-per-view but uh in general Really like this match. All teams really showcase that the tag team division is much better right now in WWE. And that you can have a lot of fun with a, a tag team like the Usos and a tag team with the Shield. And some kind of a random pairing. Well, not random, but uh, just two guys who are more solo wrestlers in Coldust, uh, Coldust and Cody Rhodes. And it'll still work. Uh, flipping this back around and whatever. Burhan, what did you think about this match? I liked it. Um, I think Cody and Goldust are really coming to their own as a team. I was the guy who kind of predicted them losing the championship, so like that didn't happen. Um, in a sense, it was a classic in terms of wrestling. I like the fact that they um, threw the Usos in there as well. Great little story as well between um, the Shield and Rhodes and, and Cody Rhodes and Goldust. So it, it did everything that it's supposed to do, similar tin. And it was one of those matches that kind of that excited me and got my adrenaline pumping. Now, Wago, you said that this was one of your favorite matches too. Did it uh, live up to what you were expecting? Uh, most definitely. Uh, first, on the negative notes, I felt the match could have gone longer, and it suffered from card place, uh, like where it was placed on the card. 
it's just my opinion, but I felt if you give it a little more time, I think we'd be raving about this match more so than we are. It definitely lived up to the hype. I thought all, all three teams could go. I was pleasantly surprised because I thought the Usos were strictly in there to take the fall um, against the Shield, and what happened was they kept the belts on the roads for a bit longer. So they're obviously dragging this feud out, and I'm all for that. All three teams have got great chemistry, and it's finally to be—it's finally nice to say I'm invested in the tag team division, which was basically non-existent up until now. So, I'm enjoying tag team wrestling right now. Enjoyed this match. Wish it could have gone longer, but hey, we'll get to see more of them, so I guess it's okay. Now you came midway through this match, Miguel. Yeah, I found a stream. I, I found I found a stream in the chat and i was like you know what i'm i'm up i'm here i might as well try to watch the pay-per-view so i i got in about maybe halfway through so i didn't watch the whole matchup but it doesn't surprise me that this matchup was the best one because in the case of the of the shield and the usos i mean those guys have been fighting so many times together you you can really see that they've developed a chemistry between each other like they just they know how to gel well and wrote and um Goldust and Cody, I mean, Goldust is such a talented worker, very underrated, and same thing with Cody, I don't think Cody gets enough credit for his in-ring ability, yeah, he's not, like, a technical master, but I think he's got much better, he's got much, he's got the instinct and the ability to sell as good as, like, anybody, you know, that's been in there for as long as Goldust has, so it doesn't surprise me that these guys were just able to gel well, as well as they did, so... I, I was not surprised, and and from what I saw, they really did bounce off each other. Peyton? Well, I hate to be the party pooper, but I actually didn't see this match, so I can't join you guys in heralding it and saying it was the match of the night and it was all so awesome. But I am happy to hear that we had, once again, another extremely entertaining, entertaining tag team matchup, which has become commonplace as of late. As everyone's been saying, the tag team division has never looked so good in the last... I would say maybe even 10 years it, ever since the days I think of uh, like the deuce and dominoes that, that was like the last day where you still had any kind of tech. I'm not saying it was great, but it was, it was something, you know, <laughs> at least yeah, you had, what? you had, um, what Lundrick, uh, yeah, Lundrick, you had crime time. So that there, there was still the Highlanders. There was a decent number of tag teams. Yeah, but the, the issue time. was that is they couldn't feud between each other because there was two sets of tag titles. So it was still <laughs> kind of <different>. true. <laughs> Absolutely true. But, Things are looking good now. What I am hoping to foresee in the future, when December comes around, we'll see the return of the multi-tag team TLC match. I'd be up for that. I kind of oh, actually. God, yes. I'd kind of want to see New Age, New Age Outlaws come back with all this like Goldust coming back and stuff. I miss them as a team. I'd love to see them against the oh, Shield. When they did that one night return, they were fantastic and people loved them. Yeah, I didn't, they... get, didn't Brock Lesnar come out and kill them though? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I, I, instead of a TLC match, we'll just have a dumpster match pay per view. Yes. I'd be down I've, for that. I fucking hate TLC. I've actually <laughs> been Duke Drosy can host it. <laughs> I've actually been hearing that the uh, Outlaws have been doing a lot of NXT tapings. Like they've been doing a lot of tag team stuff from there. And from what I've heard from people who actually watch it, they're actually really good. Like they've, they honestly, people have been saying if they came back and and put them in the title picture, they'd fit right in. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't uh, dilute the, uh, the the tag team division at all. Those there. Those guys are in great shape from from what I'm hearing. If Road Dogg needs to grow hair again, though. If they can just clamp like Billy Gunn's skin to his back so it stops sagging, could like I'd be up for him to come back. Yeah. 
I'm a saggy ass man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still waiting for the Ascension to pi- to finally come up from uh, developmental. I want to see those guys on the roster. Who? I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they came up around maybe yeah, maybe a little bit earlier than like Money in the Bank next year. I think they're waiting until after WrestleMania to get those guys up. They can feud with great teams like the Wyatt family. Well, speaking of the Wyatt family, we might as well just talk about that real quick uh, and get them out of the way a little bit. Right after this match, The Miz came out, and he was threatening to have some kind of a fight with Bray Wyatt. And what was the line? He said something about, get out of your Cracker Barrel rocking chair and leave your... uh, leave the bushwhackers behind or something like that. Um, he basically said, I'm shit at being a face. <laughs> He's been saying that his entire t- face run, though. So we're, we're okay with that. Well, the big revelation after they come out to attack him, Kane comes out, saves him, and then choke slams him. And as we find out on Monday Night Raw, then is basically kind of going to just join the heels. So... This didn't matter all that much. It basically was just a way to get Kane on there. Are you kidding me? When he he chokeslammed The Miz, he became an instant babyface to me. Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat. I was like, oh man, The Miz. Oh yeah, Kane. (laughs) Miz is unconscious. I like this. (laughs) But yeah, can I just say something about the Wyatt family? I'm actually... I hate to say this about somebody who's injured, but I'm, I'm actually kind of happy this happened because it's forcing wwe to put bray wyatt in more of a managerial position and i think that's where he belongs i really don't think as much as much as people say he's a good worker he really has done nothing for me as an in-ring worker and to be honest his gimmick is more suited as somebody who just sits on the side i'd love to see more focus on uh, harper and rowan than on bray wyatt's in-ring ability Gal, you're late. You're late to the train. All right. A few weeks ago, we had this whole long conversation about Bray Bray Wyatt becoming a manager and completely leaving wrestling. And to make an excuse for it, his legs are broken and he's forever bound to a wheelchair. <laughs> so Bray Wyatt just comes out in a wheelchair. Forget the rocking chair, or it could be a rocking wheelchair, and he rolls out in it and he just manages other people. <laughs> did they did the eliminator break his legs? <laughs> could have. The eliminator. Maybe Bob Gore did. He's more like someone who would break <laughs> someone's legs. For did no good Brad, reason. Did well, Brad Ox order him to do it? I'm going to break your legs in half, you little shit. <laughs> 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 One of the impromptu matches that they threw on this card for this evening was Fandango and Summer Rae against Kali and Natalia. And I've said it a thousand times. I'm sure I'll repeat it a thousand more. I hate the whole Kali and Natalia pairing. It's stupid as hell. I've uh, hated it since the very beginning. There's nothing that they can do with this uh, pairing that'll make me like it whatsoever. But I do love Summer Rae and Fandango, and it was nice to see uh, Summer Rae finally wrestle. And she didn't do that bad of a job either. I think that her part with Natalia was infinitely better than the Fandango and Kali part. Now, granted, that's because Kali is part of it, but... Judging by their match that they had on Raw afterward as well, I think Summer Rae's actually uh, she's a pretty decent hand that they have going for them. So, who knows? Maybe she'll be somebody who can actually take the Divas division into uh, slightly better territory. I wouldn't say good territory, but slightly better. Peyton, your thoughts on uh, Summer Rae's debut and this tag match? 
I I can't say much for the tag match. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm happy that Summer Rae is now becoming a bigger name for herself. As a matter of fact, I figured that's why she was slotted with Fandango in the first place, as opposed to Roundface, who I miss dearly, and I wish she would come back. Um, Roundface. Roundface. Remember the brown-haired girl that was originally with Fandango? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure her name's not Roundface. <laughs> no, they, she never had a name. I just called her Roundface because she was named this, this beautiful, nameless woman. Sounds like it would be like some horrible WCW gimmick, like Hubaris <laughs> or something. <laughs> Roundface. Coming to the ring with Fandango. Roundface. Round <laughs> maybe, uh, Tony, maybe Tony Chimmel can like do it high pitch like he does for the Reddit. Roundface. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Summer Rae, congratulations that you, you, you made the top roster. I mean, I've seen her wrestle before in NXT, but it was not very often. And the, the crop of NXT women is not the best, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, Peyton, that was the first wrestling match she's ever had. Ever. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and can I just say uh, upon further inspection, as much as I love AJ's, Summer Rae may be in contention for the finest ass in the women's division. Steven, your thoughts? You said it was better than the Fandango and Carly bit, but really it was like saying, I'd rather be pissed on than shit on. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was terrible. I had no time for this. I mean, Summer I admit, I've got hopes for her in the women's division, but when I say that, it doesn't mean much. Miguel? I refused to watch this matchup because it just I felt like it was just a time waster. I mean it it's I like I I I'm okay with Fandango at this point. I don't love him, I don't hate him, but I I refuse to give any sort of attention to a Kali Natalia match, which is unfortunate cuz I'm a big Natalia fan. Um so you 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 already admit you like half the people in this match. <laughs> yeah, but the other half annoy me, so I'm I'm just well, Kali annoys me, and I I, I kind of got irritated because I hate these impromptu matches. I I really, you you got three hours of of, of TV time between pay per views to promote stuff, and you can't fit in like, hey, by the way, we're gonna have a uh, matchup between Fandango and Kali and whatnot. You know, uh, they wrestled on TV like four times. Well, why are they on the pay-per-view then? That makes it even worse. <laughs> now I'm what? even anxious. Thanks. <laughs> so what, what would you call the team of Carly and Natalia? Catalia? Shit. <laughs> yeah, we'll just <laughs> cut right to the chase. <laughs> just call shit. I'm okay with that. But anyway, um, Horns I don't know. Shit. Little I... shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. In, in, basically, uh, I would call them shit stain. Fault Foundation, Great Carly, Shit and Stein. Think about it. Well, here's the question that we have to bring up, though. Now that you said that you refuse to give uh, to waste your time on any of the filler matches and stuff, what did you use your time for instead? Did you waste it on something else? I was watching. I think I. I think I had it. Um. I think I was watching a YouTube video. I don't remember what. So it's like the number one time waster on the internet. I'd ra- Yeah, I'd rather watch an old like Attitude Era matchup than. I'd rather watch like a third string Attitude Era matchup, like big, like big boss man versus Al Snow or something. Fuck you, you was watching cat videos. That's your fucking dog. I fed you your dog. Burham, what did you think about this whole situation? You fed me my dog. Um, I'm, you know what? Most people say that this is the worst gimmick Natalia's being in. As I said, Art Foundation. That was terrible. Uh, I did like watching Summer Rae wrestle. I thought she was pretty talented. Um, 
Fandango wasn't walking away from the match as he usually does, so that was great. Um, and watching her ass at the end of it really helped. Simon Payton on that one. Yeah, it's Summer Rae's ass. <laughs> Natalia's is better. Uh, I'm going with Summer Rae on that one. Yeah, one so... thing I don't get though, right? They've they allowed the Bellas to come out on TV like knowing that their their boyfriends are Daniel Bryan and John Cena, right? Natalia got married on an episode of Total Divas, and she's still walking out holding hands with Carly. Uh, Tyson no Kidd one... is a nobody. Yeah, Tyson also, Kidd. Also, Carly, she's like Carly's uh, carer. Oh, okay. I, I always thought it was a mentally disabled child. That makes more sense. <laughs> Tyson Kidd is the WWE equivalent of Amazing Red. Don't they have him wrestling in a mask with fucking Rodrigo? Uh, Ricardo Rodriguez right now? Do they really? Yeah, he's um, as a... We lost Stephen there. Oh, I know what he's talking. pretending to be. Oh, we lost Stephen twice. He's talking about uh, TJ Wilson. He had to get cut. Yeah. We can only give TJ Wilson so much time on on my the... back. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Him and uh, Ricardo are basically wrestling as mass wrestlers. Um, I think like on stuff like Saturday Morning Slam and all that shit. <laughs> on the cancelled Saturday Morning Slam, they're just like. They're not even filming it. They're just telling the guys to go out there. And they're like, yeah, no, sure. We're filming it. Don't worry. Oh, we got superstars. It's on some random shit that no one cares about. It's on. It's on velocity. Yeah. United States Championship: Dean Ambrose versus Big E Langston. Now we talked a tiny bit about this before when we were talking about the pre-show match because this was originally supposed to be Big E Langston getting a title shot against Curtis Axel's Intercontinental Championship. But instead, they went with this whole idea that Curtis Axel had a hip injury. And during the pre-show, Dean Ambrose just kind of cut a promo, and Big E was just like, hey, fuck you, dude. I, I want a title shot. And he was like, all right, fine. I'll just give it to you instead. <laughs> like, uh, So there, there you go. There's your whole build-up for this kind of match. And now they seem that they've completely given up on the idea of Curtis Axel and Biggie Langston, as well as Biggie Langston and Ryback. They were building up to that, it seemed, a little bit, at the very least, with um, uh, the week before Hell in a Cell. <clears throat> but now it's solely Dean Ambrose and Biggie Langston. And... Biggie wins this match via countout, which of course means that they're going to stall. And we saw another stall on Monday Night Raw where he won by, what was it, disqualification? Yes. Because of the shield? Yeah. So they're going to drag this out a little bit longer. But I think it's basically going to turn out to be the same thing. And I don't believe in the whole hip thing. I don't know. They, they really just haven't said anything about it. It might be legit. And they might just be in a good position where they can give him the United States title. But I kind of think the whole situation behind this is they realized that they would rather Dean Ambrose lose his title and put Curtis Axel just in the background and not do anything with him because nobody would really care if they don't. Meanwhile, Dean Ambrose hasn't wrestled a whole lot of matches lately. And if they don't put him in something soon, then he's going to kind of start fading away a little bit. So... Give Big E Langston the U.S. title. Curtis Axel can just go do nothing until they can figure out something else for him to do. And I think that that's why they switched this up. But I like that idea of Big E winning any kind of a title because I like him as a babyface. And hopefully it doesn't turn out to be some kind of just a big waste of time or whatever. But we'll see. Uh, let's start with Steven. What did you think about this match? 
Well, what I think that happened with Axel, they went, hey, uh, Curtis, uh, you're dropping the bell tonight. And then he clutched his hip and started going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why the match never happened. As far as what we got, these guys were pretty stiff with each other, Big E and uh, Dean. I don't think um, Big E got a mouse the worst cut. So, um, damn it, Peyton, I just saw what you typed in the chat. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was an average match. It was nothing special. The guys went a bit hard with each other, and uh, <laughs> 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 they really, they really pounded. They really pounded each other. What had happened during the last uh, Monday Night Raw post show? And if you guys did not watch that uh, episode, go back and listen to all the Biggie Langston talk. Please go back and listen to that. It's a, you'll you'll love it. Anyway, what, what are you saying, Steve, about Stiffy Langston, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> the match was average, and they went hard with each other, and very stiff. <laughs> they really pounded each other, man. That's what Paul said. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that before I end up giggling like a schoolgirl. <laughs> Burhan? I don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> um... You know, for me, I, it was nice watching these two in the ring. They've got very diverse styles in terms of Langston. He's come a long way. You know, he's gone from being that sort of big, strong squash guy to now having more of a personality and character to him. So I'm all for this. And um, in terms of his work rate with uh, Ambrose, let's uh, see what happens with it. I'm, I'm up for watching these two actually compete against one another. And... I, I kind of disagree with your analogy on the whole Ambrose. If he's not doing anything, he doesn't matter. Um, I think one of the reasons he's in the prominent position that he's in at the moment, why he's aligned with Triple H and Stephanie, because they actually see potential in the guy, um, in a sense. And that's one of the main reasons I think they partnered him with Langston, because they know that he can get a good feud out of Langston. As with Axel, he's kind of... Uh, if he had a feud of Axel, I, I think that feud would probably be over and done with, and it would probably ruin both guys' credibility, in my point of view. That's a good point. Peyton, what do you think about Very Big E Langston? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, before he came out to this match, he was talking with the seamstress, and she was like, all right, Big E, what size jack do you need, a three? And he said, three ain't enough, man, I need five. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> What do you think about the U.S. title situation? Is Big E Langston going to win it, or is this kind of just uh, some filler replacement thing until Curtis Axel gets better, or what? Well, Big E is very hot right now. He is definitely uh, growing, and he will <laughs> soon be one of the biggest guys in the place. <laughs> Q giggling like a schoolgirl from like, like, oh. This this cannot be a running joke. This has to stop this week. <laughs> I fucking hate you, Paul. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure that this has already started to be a running joke. <laughs> Miguel, your thoughts? Uh, penis joke, penis joke, penis joke, penis joke. Okay, now that I've gotten that out of the way. Um, I actually like this matchup. I, I thought it had the makings of... Maybe not a squash matchup, but, like, an attraction matchup you'd see on, like, an episode of, like, Superstars or something. Like, it didn't it didn't feel like something 
is everybody there? I, I kind of stopped hearing a hi the hissing. No, we're here. Okay. I thought I thought the uh, the feed got cut out, but um, I I actually really dug this matchup. Like I said, it had a feel of an attraction matchup. Like there wasn't much of a story behind it, but it was still kind of worth watching in a way, if that makes any sense. Um, I really hope that um that uh, Biggie wins the belt because Ambrose has done nothing with that title, nothing for that title. It's just kind of been around his waist. I don't know if maybe getting rid of getting it off of him would make him look lower in terms of the rest of the members of the Shield, but I really want to see Big E get the belt and get a huge push because I do think I, I do think the guy's got a charisma to him. He's got the size that WWE likes. I think he. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> that one was just more than obvious. I couldn't hold that one. <laughs> Vince McMahon loves his big men. What can I say? Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's got the look. He's got the build that, that Vince likes. I think he could be a huge star. And I think if WWE just lets him be himself and lets him really break out of his character, I, I think the sky's the limit for Big E. And I, I really hope he... Uh, I really hope he gets to the top because, like Paul also brought up, how many black champions can you count in the WWE? I think he's actually got a really good chance at being a future WWE champion. He's proven that he's charismatic enough. Like, uh, and he's, he's so young at this point. Right. Like He's got he's a so lot to, to go as far as like becoming as a long... WWE champion, but he has a lot of time. and he's He's made a hell of a lot of progress in the short amount of time that he's been here, too. As long I as will... he stays in the company, by the time that Michael Hayes dies, he should be a champion. <laughs> I will say this though: he needs knee pads. He he he's he's he needs something else to go along with that that uh singlet thing he's wearing. It just looks goofy. I think he needs a whole new outfit. That yeah, I think he needs... really odd. Honestly, yeah. I'd have his head shaved and I'd uh, put him in shorts. N knees ain't enough, man. He needs thighs. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please move on? <laughs> Maybe he should do that, what Mark Henry's doing now, where he's got the bald head, but he's got the giant beard hanging down uh, his chin instead. That would kind of, like, get rid of that haircut thing, and maybe it would, like, uh, cover up his chest. His man boobs, apparently. <laughs> Alright, everybody uh, done with our Biggie Langston stuff, or do we have any other kind of jokes that we can throw out? Nope, done. I finished. <laughs> that's the big ending for this part we're going to talk about the Hell in a Cell well the first Hell in a Cell match CM Punk and Ryback come up in the next part Hell in a Cell of course has to have at least one Hell in a Cell match and we had two of them for this pay-per-view the first being CM Punk and Ryback and we're not talking about last year's Hell in a Cell match this one includes Paul Heyman kind of Paul Heyman instead of actually participating in the match he starts off by being on this. Uh, what what do you technically call that? Like that kind of a lift thing. Scissor lift. It's just like a standard forklift. Bro, do you lift? Thither me timbers. He, whoever was driving that, this was like the highlight of the match for me. Uh, that guy had no idea what the fuck he was doing. Now, granted, I wouldn't know what the hell I would be doing either. But at the same time. You'd think that he would kind of try that out ahead of time. It took, what, like 10 minutes for him to come down to the ring? I'm guessing Vince probably came up with that at the last minute. He, he was probably walking by it and was like, what's that? 
uh, Vince, that's a part of the uh, stadium equipment, the uh, arena equipment. We're using it now. It looks cool. But, um, shit, I'm glad that the commentators actually didn't ignore it and try and cover it. They just ripped the piss out of the guy. Yeah. Michael like, Cole's comment, uh, Heyman's going to be seasick by the time he gets to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Priceless. So that was a very awkward way to start off this match. But, of course, it did what it was supposed to do. It got uh, Paul Heyman to get to the top of the cell without him actually climbing the entire thing. Because that would have been even more awkward and probably would have taken just about as much time or maybe more. But he cuts a little bit of a promo and he, you know, he was planning to stay on top of the cell the entire time. So we just get the same standard match that we got last year, Sam Punk and Ryback. Only difference with this is we don't have it for a title. The roles have been reversed. There's no Brad Maddox as a referee kind of a situation. And it comes out with Sam Punk winning and that's the same as it did last year, but this time he actually gets to climb up on the cell and do something with it. He attacks Paul Heyman with a kendo stick and celebrates, and then that's it. And thankfully, that is the end of this feud. And, and the end of Ryback. It. Didn't they climb the cell last year, though, and Ryback laid him out on top of it? Oh, they did? Yep. I don't even remember that. Yep. <laughs> that's just yeah. how much that would matter to me. Yeah, do you remember when Ryback was good? <laughs> no. Yes. Climbed I him. do. I signed him during that time. You I was like, this him? guy's got... yeah, to my to my fantasy team. I'm like, this guy's got it. This guy's gonna be shooting to the moon. You wait. He's got the Cena. He's he's feuded with Cena uh, right now. He's gonna be huge. And I'm, yeah. I'm gonna correct you on that. I actually drafted him first, and then I dropped him when I could tell he was a loser, and then you <laughs> took him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great judge of talent. <laughs> I love how he doesn't deny it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe you, you only took him because you had to replace Zack Ryder. Which was still oh. a better choice. Because Zack Ryder's done all of Jack shit this entire <laughs> year. At least Ryback's beaten some people with tuna. It's just more yeah. than Zack Ryder can say. Which is I a shame. I need showers. Yeah, I need showers. <laughs> and he's done that stupid-ass laugh that he does. You dropped the sub. Uh, but I guess we'll not be seeing too much of Ryback. I don't know if really that those rumors from uh, TripleScoops.com is really true or not, whether he's going to just be cut from Paul Heyman entirely or if they're going to continue in some kind of fashion. But either way, Ryback's not looking that good right now. And he takes the fall. CM Punk uh, goes up, beats the crap out of Paul Heyman to knock him out of wrestling for a little bit until Brock Lesnar comes back for WrestleMania at the very least. And I just wasn't that impressed with this match. I mean, I've been tired of this feud for months now, so I could not get interested in it going into it. And they if didn't they, do anything crazy for it, so oh well. Yeah, that's the problem. If if they were go if this was gonna be the blow off matchup, if you're gonna have this be the last matchup and it's gonna be in the cell. I can understand maybe not wanting to bloody up Orton or Brian because they're the golden gooses right now. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, Punk, Punk's good for it. You know, you, you could have busted him open at least to get over Ryback's power, you know, his 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 veracity. But um, it just – it was a lame duck matchup. It, it, the cell really, aside from the Heyman thing, meant nothing. I mean, I think I, fe- I actually fell asleep during this matchup, and by the time I woke up, the pay-per-view was over. So <laughs> – and that's how boring this matchup was. It it just there was nothing to it, and it pretty much killed Ryback. I I he's done in my opinion. I mean you can't well, have you can't have two start stop pushes, 
and and survive. I mean, he's he he's so done, and it's just it was a lackluster finish to a feud that went on way too long, in my opinion. Well, if that saying didn't that, kill it, Raw did. Saying that though, with Ryback, uh, it wasn't totally his fault. Punk had a hand in the match being shit as well. Because I'm sorry, he's been just going on default like from the beginning from his return, and I think Punk. This hopefully the whole Wade back, uh, the, not Wade Barrett, the whole Wyatt family beatdown on him and Brian means that Punk's going to be out of action for a while because he needs it. He he needs to really go back and think about why he's doing this. This whole this whole feud, if you don't mind me saying, it, it really does. Everything on paper should have worked, and yet, yeah. in my opinion, didn't. You know, Punk Punk really didn't bring his A game. Heyman tried, but just couldn't get Ryback over. Ryback really wasn't allowed to really get over as the beast that he was during his face run. It just everything about this pa- this whole feud should have worked, but it didn't. And I think that's what's that's what angers me. And it went on way too long, obviously. Yeah. Hmm, Paid. This match was terrible. This is most likely the worst Hell in a Cell match of all time. First off, wasn't one of the stipulations that Paul Heyman was supposed to be inside of the cage with them? Wasn't that what they decided with that when Punk won that match? Yep. Okay. Well, he wasn't said. He was on top of it. Which, hey, it's cool and all. Whatever. Paul Heyman was up there looking scared. He was playing, oh, I got to stand right here in the middle, even though I'm 20 feet from the edge, but I'm still scared to take any step in any direction. Um, The match was absolutely terrible. And the the post-match, what a terrible payoff to this whole horribly, overly long feud. CM Punk sticks a kendo stick in his underwear, climbs up to the top, and just thwacks Paul Heyman across the back on it a few times. Well, that's because Paul Heyman wouldn't take a GTS. Like that should have been the that should have been the exclamation point to this. Him putting. I thought, in a... I thought he did take a GTS on the cell. Yeah, he did. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you fell asleep. You don't have an opinion. <laughs> well, Payton should have said it. He he uh, he saw it apparently. Well, I don't. Well, the GTS doesn't add that much to it. There had to be more. Paul Heyman had to be humiliated. All right, he had to give him a wedgie. He had to put him in a walrus suit. He had to do something to that level. Yeah, yeah I, I he didn't really humiliate the guy. I always wondered, because there's only so much you can do with Paul Heyman because of his, he's not a wrestler. But what did what do you do to actually get the payoff from this feud other than beat him up a bit? Walrus suit. No. You humiliate him, and you didn't do that. That's the problem. And Brock Lesnar's still around. You know, the the truth is, he should have actually had... It should have culminated in a match between Lesnar and Punk with... Yeah, but the whole story they're going... Lesnar. But the whole story they're telling with that is Brock right now has fulfilled all his uh, contractual obligations right now, and so he's gone. Yeah. Uh, hold, on, hold on, guys. Before we go off there, I want to pull it back for a second. Ryback, he's done. Yeah. yeah this guy is so done. He should have just stuck to messing with catering guys. Because once he went back to fighting wrestlers... He just can't handle it. I don't know what they're going to do with this guy after this point. Who could you possibly put him in there? You, you can't even put him in there for a mid-card title. Maybe maybe you could put him into like a comedy tag team where you make him like the straight guy who has to deal with some really bizarre person. Him and Santino? No, it would have to be someone weird. It would have to be like someone they're bringing up from NXT or something. Zack Ryder. I think, I think there's, only Ryder, really, there's only really two ways that you could go with him. If you want to try to salvage something out of him. And 
the one of them I can guarantee they're not going to do, and that's you separate him from Paul Heyman, you go back to the bully character, because he dropped that entirely when he went with Paul Heyman. Then he just became some dude fighting for Paul Heyman. You go back to the bully character, which was kind of interesting. You know, I, we all thought it was funny with the whole uh, the tuna slap in the face and all that. And even though it was such a mundane joke, the gazpacho thing, it was still kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, you, you have to go full on with it. And for the next few months, you need to make him every single show that you have something on. He needs to bully somebody and he needs to bully the wrestlers, too. He needs to get matches with like Hornswoggle and Yoshi Tatsu and... Anybody who's like just a little pissant kind of worthless person in the your Zack Riders, your Santinos, exactly. All those people, you need to have him wrestle them and do the backstage segments as well. And you need just to make him beat the living crap out of them and bully the hell out of them. And then you need somebody to come back like a Sheamus or something who does that whole be a star campaign thing and fights him. That's Sheamus is the biggest bully in the company. He's an asshole. Yeah. Right, but I mean, somebody who's not going to be already involved with something in WrestleMania. Honestly, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to get John Cena doing it or something like that. But they're never going to do that. That's the problem because WWE well, we, would require that requires way too much effort and time and dedication and everything. So honestly, if, I've I've thought a great feud for Ryback if you want to really get him over as the bully. This might be a little bit tasteless, and I doubt WWE would want to do it. I would have had him versus Darren Young, honestly. I say go that that's route. That's actually, yeah, that could have actually got that back. Would actually work. I think like, gonna... that's that's playing with fire a little bit too much, you know. Yeah, but well, yeah, it... but it's it's edgy and it, it. I know they'll be basically getting a lot of um, bad publicity over it, but basically having them, they could even kayfabe like suspend Ryback for his comments. I think yeah. that'd actually be a decent avenue because as long as you have Darren Young come out on top at the end, you tell the story that bullying never works, even though that's kind of bullshit. But <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing that I think that they could do that could salvage him a little bit at the very least wouldn't make him some main event material person or whatever, but it would be give him a couple months off, not maybe not like you know half a year or anything like that, but he needs at least like two months off where you can kind of forget about him, and then bring him back in a tag team. And just kind of use him as, like, one half of some big man tag team or something. He could grow a mustache and team with Eli Cottonwood. What's the name of that guy from NXT that they have right now that's pretty big? Uh, Bo Dallas? (laughs) Don't stop. I want to say Sawyer Sawyer Fulton. Sawyer Ferguson. Something like that. How big is Leo Kruger? I think he's kind of like standard, normal, like Randy Orton size or something. There's mm. Alexander Rusev. You, you could put Ryback back with Wade Barrett, and they could be Bad News Barrett and Rotten Ryback. And they <laughs> yes. could be like snidely, like, old-time Rocky and Bullwinkle villains. <laughs> Ryback could be the uh, the Bullwinkle of the two. I say put him with Zack Ryder. He could be Rye Bro. Nothing you brought the TNA. <laughs> Come on, it's been working for for Robbie E and Jesse Goddard's. Well, stay out of his rye zone. Yeah. This could work. This is money written all over it. Screw you guys. <laughs> yeah, look at all the money that TNA's making. 
who hasn't chimed in? Who wants to throw something out in there about this? As far match? as the match goes, uh, it was fucking terrible. I the thing is, the whole point of the Hell in a Cell, I understand, it's to keep guys in. But the whole point from the get-go when they started with the first one is guys always escape. It's the reason why Kevin Nash vs. Triple H sucked in Hell in a Cell too. You need in a cage match, you need some blood, you need some drama, and you got none of it from this. You got CM Punk beat Ryback in a really crappy match that barely utilized the cell, and then CM Punk have a piss poor beat down on Paul Heyman, which apparently is meant to make us believe that he's not going to be around for a while. I just didn't enjoy it. I thought it was just poorly booked, poorly performed, and I'm starting to think that CM Punk's phoning it in. Yeah, and I think it was extremely cheap. The storytelling wasn't that great as well in the match. Punk, and I, I agree. I'm the huge Punk supporter. I love the guy. I think. Um, out of anybody, like the the light shines out of his ass. But now I just think he put a big stick up his ass. Um, he's just didn't he's he do that when he was climbing the cell? Exactly, especially when he's climbing the cell. He just doesn't seem like he wants to do anything anymore, and he's just there because he wants to try and have the big WrestleMania payoff. Which, truthfully, I I used to see him as the number, the, you know, the guy who had potential to be the number one guy in the company. Now I just see him as a guy who's there. Hmm. Any other thoughts anybody has? Uh, Ryback's done. (laughs) (laughs) Stick a fork in him, he's done. Another one of the impromptu matches that they decided to kind of throw in at the last minute. Los Matadores versus Real Americans. And this actually had a decent enough build that it justified being on the card. It wasn't uh, you know, in the same kind of boat as Biggie Langston and Dean Ambrose or Summer Rae and you know, that whole mixed tag match. They were building up to this for a little while. So, um, you know, it was fine. It's, uh, it's a filler match, and that, it did its job as a filler match, but it's totally something that you can skip. And there wasn't anything going on in it, like, literally at all, that I can remember. So nothing of importance and it's kind of a shame because I would hope that these people would have a really good feud together because it seems like it would work. But the match itself, boring, bland, skip, pass. Miguel, what did you think about it? Didn't see it, fell asleep. But, oh, um, right. I mean, uh, I'm sure I'm sure that Los Matadores looked good in this matchup because that's seemingly all real Americans are good for at this point is in matches to make the other guys look good. They're basically, a, they're basically a tune up tag team, which is unfortunate because I think Cesaro's way better than that. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't say anything good or bad about it. I can just base it on what I've seen from them in the past. So I'm, I'm assuming it was a decent matchup at best. Brian. Yeah, it was, it wasn't amazing. Um, but it wasn't anything special at the same at the same time. It, it it wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't a good match. It was one of those things where it was supposed to get the crowd up and running, and it did its job. Where you go? I had little to no interest in this match. Honestly, if he was going to put a pre-show match on, it should have been this one. But yeah, I got nothing positive, nothing negative to say. It was just there. And Peyton. Yeah, it was it was fun. It, it wasn't a spectacular match. I'm going to say go out of your way to look for it. I, I'm a fan of Los Matadores. And I'm a fan of the Real Americans for that matter too. 
Um, I was tuning in and out because I believe this is when the pizza arrived. Mm. But uh, I, I did not catch Zeb Coulter actually using the bullwhip. Did he ever actually break that out in the match? I don't think so. I don't not think so that I remember. Either. I think well, uh, Cesaro did a really incredible big swing, though. He did, but it was not on El Torito, which I was hoping for as well. So I got disappointed on two counts, but yeah, this feud is not over yet, so maybe we'll see the bullwhip come into play, and hopefully we will see the big swing on the little bull. Oh, what about both at once, like he's swinging him, and Zeb's just whipping the <laughs> shit out of him as he comes around? <laughs> sure. I still, I still think that at some point we're going to see a bullwhip on a pole match. Hmm. Fucking Maybe we should just up. have El Torito in a pole match. Make it fit. If Vince just... Russo joins the company, that's going to happen. Well, can we just put him on a pole anyway and just throw shit at him? <laughs> I've, all, I've been wanting to do that for Hornswoggle since day one, but you know. When are we going to see that matchup? When are we going to see Hornswoggle versus El Torito? That Payton is the match. Said... Hornswoggle said... learns how to wrestle. Yeah, yeah Payton said that they're sending Hornswoggle to wrestling school, so... Maybe by that point it'll be uh, El Torito versus Dylan. <laughs> no, it's going to be El Torito versus Leprechaun. Well, he's yeah. the longest reigning cruiserweight champion in WWE history. Still, you know, still going. Does he have to shave his head and take off his uh, mask and all that other kind of stuff when it comes to the Leprechaun movie, just like Kane? Well, he already took off all the dirt. He finally got a shower. <laughs> yeah, but now he's got that weird uh, mop on his head. That hair looks terrible. He's got, like, that Donald Trump hair. And then, like, he's got this really, like, white, trashy goatee. <laughs> it looks like he gained more weight, too. Yeah. He, he really looks He really looks like he should be in a posse with Wee Man. You know what, though? He's a midget, so he's just like, oh, whatever, I don't give a fuck at this point. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm Dylan. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I'm untouchable in this company, apparently. I've been here for, like, ten fucking years. <laughs> Shit, how long has he been? Is that like accurate at or? least five? Well, he's Way around back past. when he's back around. Well, he was there when before King Booker's run, so that's going back a while with Fit Finlay. I would yeah, say but... like 2007. He probably came in. When are we going to see a midget as our world heavyweight champion? Hmm? Mm-hmm. When he relinquishes his uh, spot Cruiser... as the cruiserweight champion. Yeah, when Vince Russo joins the company. Why is Vince so racist against midgets? I know. If they I get mean, rid of Hornswoggle, that's our token midget gone. When was oh, the last yeah. midget champion? It's like, guys, can you name any midget champions we've had? Hornswoggle. Well, that doesn't count. Of course he does. He's a cruiserweight champion. That's He's only half midget. He's only <laughs> half midget. <laughs> Takamish Shinoku. Does Rey Mysterio count? Yes. Uh, He's what, like 4-2? Wasn't he one of the bull masks? Ole! I don't know. I love how uh, JBL keeps busting his balls <laughs> about that, though, and keeps saying that Rey Mysterio is El Torito. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think uh, like El Torito's the brown one, Rey Mysterio's the black one. I'm not sure how it works. <laughs> Ask Booker T. He's the one that always wants to point out the two Sin cars. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell him they're different because of the, what was it, the, the mark underneath his boot or something. Bullshit like that. <laughs> Booker was awesome, man. Shooky ducky quack quack. Oh my goodness. Tell me I did not just see that. Uh that's enough for this match, isn't it? I think we can skip. Uh we're gonna move on to something that's uh, another blah kind of a situation, but we gotta cover it anyway. 
Alberto Del Rio having another World Heavyweight Championship match, as if you didn't get enough of it for the whole rest of the year. Alberto Del Rio is no longer the champion, so we can all breathe a sigh of relief. Thank fucking God. And so many people that would agree with me that he has been the champion far too long are probably looking at the situation as, oh, but we're getting John Cena as a champ. I'm all for it. I think John Cena's the perfect type of person that can hold this title. Of course, I would like it if they would give it to somebody else like Dolph Ziggler, but clearly they don't want to. And if they're going to give it to somebody else, don't give it to somebody like... um, Miz. You know what? As much as I like the Miz, I wouldn't want him to be champion right now because he's just not built up enough for it. And John Cena, he's a permanent made inventor. He makes perfect sense for this. And he's something that um, can... Brings back some credibility to the championship from his words, and I actually agree with him. I think it's the perfect decision. That belt looks so lackluster, he can make it look good for a little while. Yeah, it looks good around him, too. I mean, he looks like he would be a world heavyweight champion. As much as I do like the people like Dolph Ziggler and stuff, it's really odd, I think, when you classify it as the world heavyweight champion and you have, like, a Kofi Kingston or something holding it. yeah, it's like you um, back when Ray was the world champion, they used to ah, build yeah. like champion of the world or something like that because they couldn't say world heavyweight. It just seemed way too odd. It really does seem awkward because you get these guys that are cruiserweights essentially, and they're supposed to be in the same weight class, even though they don't have weight classes, as people like Big Show and Kali and all that. And it's like, no, if this was a real fight, Big Show would just beat the living hell out of all of these people. But you can't have Big Show as a World Heavyweight Champion 24-7 because that's really boring. But John Cena, he's a perfect fit for it. And as much as I thought we were going to get John Cena against Triple H at WrestleMania, now it seems like we're pretty set in stone. John Cena's heading into WrestleMania with the World Heavyweight title. And I'm going to say right now he's going to defend it against Sheamus. There's only there's only one thing. Like I've got a whole bunch of different theories on what he's going to do. There's only one way I'd like to see Cena take that title into Mania, and that's for him to go up against the Undertaker, Undertaker win and retire with a belt and take it with him. You never know. Streak versus title, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and have Undertaker retire, then take the belt with him, then we don't have to fucking see this two-championship bullshit anymore. <laughs> uh, match quality... I didn't think it was really any good whatsoever, and that's mostly because of Del Rio. John Cena's limited, but Del Rio is just a flat-out bore, and I'm so sick and tired of him. But what did you guys think about this match? Uh, Peyton, start with you. This, this wasn't a good match either. I'll say that. Uh, but it was good to see John Cena back. I, I was actually quite curious to see what kind of reaction he would get on his way out. Um it was a lot more boost than I thought it would be. And then Del Rio got a significant amount of cheers as well. Um, later on, I, w- I would make the connection that, oh, they're in Florida. Of course, they're they're cheering uh, Del Rio because the the Spanish community there. But uh, uh, John Cena winning the title, good for him, I guess. Uh, like you said, the be- best thing out of it is that Del Rio is no longer the champion. <laughs> Thank you. It's over. It's over, guys. We survived. <laughs> the reign of Del Rio is over. Even though he'll have, like, ten matches with John Cena because they just refuse to not have him in a world title spot. I, I, think, so. I think Sandow can make that whole feud interesting, though. Hopefully. I hope that they don't just kind of push him off the side now. They've got to at least too. make this a triple threat. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think they can do some interesting work. Plus, it's about time Sandow gets elevated and do something. What did you think about this match itself, Wigo? Um... 
I didn't think it was bad as you guys made it out to be. Um, Del Rio's heat is boring as hell, though. I mean, when he's doing the beat down and waiting for the comeback, it's just so dull. At least when you have guys that work a limb, say like the Nature Boy, um, when he works the legs, he makes it interesting. Del Rio's just... He's, he's, I Like I mentioned this before, I don't remember when, but I'm not going to enjoy the fact if Cena's going to wear that fucking elbow pad every match because every guy's going to work on his arm and it's going to be boring as hell. Only It takes a special type of worker to be able to work a body part and make it look interesting. It takes like a Triple H, a Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels... And Del Rio just couldn't do it, and it showed in this match. But it wasn't too bad. Um, Cena comes back, does the babyface comeback, wins. Same old, same old. I was okay with it. I'm just glad to see a new champion, I guess. Now, Miguel, you were asleep during this, but when you found out that John Cena won, what did you think? I wasn't shocked. I, I really, I had no faith that WWE would let Alberto Del Rio go over John Cena returning from an injury. I, uh, you know what? It's it kind of whitewashes everything because on the one hand, I'm not happy that Cena has the belt immediately coming back. But on the other hand, I've been so bored by Del Rio as champion that it just it, they both kind of cancel each other out where I'm just kind of like, it is what it is. It's, it's very meh. I think really my only issue is where do you go from here with John Cena? I mean, do you have him go against a lot of the rising stars on SmackDown or you just do you just save him for big-time main eventers? Do you do Sheamus versus Cena for the next few months up until WrestleMania? I mean, what do you do with the guy? Because Cena's one of those guys to where I don't know you could do like a Punk or or, or, or a Ziggler where you could put him against a, sm- a much lower guy and have him go, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see Cena putting over guys is what I'm trying to say. Or at least WWE wanting Cena to put over guys. So, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit precarious in terms of of the future of this title reign, of this title reign. I've just had a horrible thought. I wouldn't be surprised if they put Cena versus Bray Wyatt. I you know I actually was going to bring that up. I I think what we're going to see is Del Rio and Sandow and a little bit of like a transition. We'll have one more match with Del Rio and whether that's a triple threat or not kind of depends on what they want to do. We'll see Sandow kind of thrown in there, and of course Sandow's not going to end up winning the title. And afterward, you need something for Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber. By that point, we're all going to we're all already going to be done the whole CM Punk and Daniel Bryan with the Wyatts, so they can just move on to John Cena. John Cena beats the crap out of them. It's the typical thing where John Cena beats you, and then you kind of just fall back in, in line. Yeah, they're going to go into obscurity as soon as John beats them. Right, and then they'll get in some kind of multi-tag match at WrestleMania, and that that'll be their big thing. Meanwhile, Sheamus returns uh, as a heel, and we end up seeing Sheamus and John Cena because they they love their Sheamus, and they're not gonna ignore him at WrestleMania. That's for sure. Unless he can't return, then they're fucked, aren't they? <laughs> Triple H loves his Sheamus, to be exact. Yeah. Hand, what do you think on uh, John Cena and Del Rio? I liked it. I thought the match actually worked really well. The guys had t- good chemistry together uh, in terms of Cena himself. He didn't look as as sort of devastating and awesome as he usually does. So I'm glad it, it was sort of a fair match between the two. Um in terms of what it means for the World Heavyweight title, 
Uh, I hope it doesn't mean a unification. I'm probably the only guy in this room that wishes that that doesn't happen. But they could go that route. They could have Cena versus Orton to unify both belts. Or they could have Cena be the you know, the the World Heavyweight Champion, the guy who single-handedly raises the division up. And that's what I hope happens. I hope he does raise the division, um, you know, tenfold. I so Watching his match with Sandow really made Sandow look amazing. So I, I do hope that, that Cena does uh, take it up a notch. Hmm. I guess we're, we're, we're going to have to figure out... Uh what they're going to do when it comes to post survivor series for the most part. And I think we're all kind of in agreement here. As long as Del Rio is not the focal point, it's a step up. Poor Del Rio. Yep. yep. We're going to take a little bit of a sidetrack here and go with divas championship in the next part. And then we're going to finish this all, uh, all this up with WWE championship, Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton. Divas Championship match that we had for this pay-per-view was AJ Lee defending her title against Brie Bella and coming out on top, which is the opposite of what I actually thought was going to happen. I figured maybe they would give it to Brie at this point. Match quality, meh. Not really too much to talk about. The only thing I thought was pretty interesting during this match, and it's not anything positive when it comes to the match quality or anything like that, was Tamina really wearing like overalls? Is that really what they're going to do when they're trying to do this, like, Diesel and Shawn Michaels kind of thing? They're going to give her overalls instead? I'm going to yes, go ahead and because... say I didn't watch any of this match, so you're pretty much best glazing over me. I didn't see any of it. <laughs> Perhan, what did you think about this whole Divas Championship thing? Waste of time? Think... Or decent? Or what? I think The Rock thinks that Natalia looks sexy. Um, and I agree uh, with I... The Rock. Exactly. And for me, um, I, I enjoyed it. You know, AJ did a good job. They, they, you know, the, the whole thing with pairing up the two, I can understand the reason why. Um, I did call for the fact that that wasn't going to happen. They were never going to actually take the belt off of her and give it to the Bellas as of yet. But we may see something at Survivor Series. It, it was a Divas match. You know, it wasn't anything special. And... N- no offense to AJ, she needs people that she can work with rather than the Bella Twins. What did you think about this, Miguel? Uh, I like the part where Lady Tappa came out and helped Gail Kim win the knockout spell against <laughs> ODB. <laughs> We're just going to combine the two Banes in one thing, have a Divas <laughs> and TNA. Yeah, I might. I I had no. In, let me ask you this though, because I always get this mixed up. Which belt is the one with the implants? Nikki. Oh, okay, then I don't care. Um. <laughs> listen, if I'm going to watch a Bella's matchup, I need something to stare at. Okay. I personally so, am a vote for Brie over Nikki, but that's a whole so, a whole another special discussion. Daniel Bryan chose right. Damn it. <laughs> what did you think about this, Peyton? I thought this was just a regular old Divas match. Nothing special. Uh, that's all I got to say, really. I don't know what you want me to say. It was a Divas match. Shit. AJ still champion. Everything's cool, I guess. Yeah, Watch. there's not really too much to talk about in this. So we're just going to move right on after that. Because screw it. That's how we do things here. 
Final match that we have to talk about for this pay-per-view, WWE Championship between Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton. The title was vacated going into this, and we were guaranteed that we were going to get a champion, which we did. Randy Orton comes out with the title, mostly because Shawn Michaels gives a super kick to Daniel Bryan, which we find out afterward. It was because he hurt his friend. Boo. The thing I didn't like about this wasn't necessarily that Daniel Bryan didn't come out on top because I didn't expect him to. And I actually think it would have been a mistake if he would have done that because then it would have just kind of been all for nothing. They should have just gone with it uh, back at the first pay-per-view that he went back and then that would have kind of accomplished the same thing. The problem that I did have with it, though, was we all knew HBK had to come into play somewhere. And the big uh, explanation for it is that Daniel Bryan hurt his friend, so he's going to super kick him and do that. Like To me, that's a, a really weak finish to that. I don't know if they had other ideas and they just went with that instead, or if they never thought of something and they figured they would think of it on the day itself. But very weak execution when it comes to that, and it's, uh, it's a shame. I think that they could have done a lot better. The match quality, not as much of a letdown as it could have been. But I really I expected it to be a little bit better. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. Not horrible. Not as bad as Battleground. But, you know, that's what you're going to get. Uh, Miguel, what did you think about Randy Orton coming away with the title? This did not need to be in a cell. Nothing about this matchup felt like a finality to it there there was nothing about this that made it seem like the end of a blood feud or end of a program it just to me just kind of ended you know orton's got the belt now brian's been written off it just it it's so lackluster you know it's it's unfortunate because i think this considering how hot this whole feud started it I don't know if you could say it's the end of it, but a tur- this, the, the, the turning point on this really just doesn't live up to it. And in terms of the match, it's, like I said, it didn't need to be in, in a cell. It just it happened to be just a Randy Orton-Daniel Bryan match that just happened to take place in, the, in, 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 a, in a cell. As far as the HBK, um, as far as the HBK involvement, I don't like it because I, I think the, the justification's really weak. Because I, I I get why they did it. They didn't want him to go full on heel. They needed some type of like wishy washy justification for him to get involved and cost Brian the title. Because if Orton just beat Brian, it would have killed Brian. So it's a contrivance, but I'm okay with it. I don't like it, but it it, it got us to the next chapter. Hmm. Where you go? Um, the match was so so. I wasn't overly impressed by it, and. In fact, I just didn't enjoy the general booking of this match. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I'm confused. Are they turning Sean heel? Or are they just making tensions high between him and Daniel Bryan but keeping, keeping him face? I'm just overall confused about this match. If it's that they're just going to eventually lead to a HBK versus Triple H thing, I felt they should have just had somewhat of a distraction from Triple H and Sean ended up super kicking, missing someone and hitting Debray, but... I really don't understand what the whole logic is behind this. I guess I'm going to have to wait a few weeks to understand where this is all going. So I really can't give a judgment call on if it was right or wrong so far. But the match, as judging it on match basis alone, 
I wasn't overly impressed. It wasn't horrible, though. Um, they fucking botched the suplex chair spot. Like, Daniel Bryan barely hit any of the fucking chairs. <laughs> so, that was, like, their one big spot in the match, and they blew it. So, yeah. Poor deli- um, it was poor delivery on what it should have been. So, eh, not overly happy with it. Payton? This was, unfortunately, one of the weaker matches of this extended feud, which has been filled with a lot of excellent matches, actually. Both these are guys are awesome. No point to being a Hell in a Cell match other than to serve as just a wall between Triple H and Shawn Michaels when they were staring at each other face-to-face. Um, I actually kind of like the ending. I, I thought it was a nice little twist. I, I thought it was a good way of getting Shawn Michaels to have done the kick at the end without it just being, fuck you, I screwed you because I wanted in with Triple H. You know, there, there was actually this reasoning behind uh, Triple H overstepped his boundaries once again, and Daniel Bryan reacted, and Shawn Michaels just took up for his friend. It makes sense. It's wrestling. <laughs> Brian? I have to go on the other side of the fence on this. Um, it's I didn't think that Shawn gave us more of an ex- enough of an explanation for it. It was kind of him saying, yeah, I did it. Um, and then have him get all snarky with Brian, and then Brian ended up like, def- you know, taking care of Sean, so he's out of it. In terms of the the quality of the match itself, well, it wasn't that great, you know. Um, Brian did a great job. Orton, I just don't really see him as that huge main event guy, uh, in a sense. You know, he does it. He he's got his main event thing going on. He's now the the WWE champion, but that's it. You know, he's not, um, he's never going to be anything more than what he is. Um, I think he's, this is probably going to be his final reign at the top. I definitely agree with Burhan on that. It seems like every time they establish a new star, like a CM Punk or a Daniel Bryan, he seems to drop on the totem pole. It used to be him, Cena, Batista, Batista left, CM Punk came in, then it was Cena, uh, Punk Orton, and now he seems to be below Daniel Bryan. Definitely, agree yeah. With well, that that's the issue though, and they keep shoving him down everyone's throats. That's the problem. He doesn't seem like the guy you really want to see in that in that top of the title picture, or the top of the title pole anymore. Um, yeah, he's had five star matches. He's had amazing quality, but he just seemed to. Uh, I I would I would if I could compare him to anyone, I probably would have compared him to Punk, in a sense where he just has on on mode he'll go in he'll do the match that's it it's done he's uh, almost the triple h of our generation where he's the guy that wrestles the guy that makes money yeah exactly and you know and a lot of the 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 quality matches that haven't gone on as well as they should have done uh, a lot of it's due to do to screw job finishes i was hoping they didn't have some stupid screw job finish with this and they did it left a sour taste in my mouth i understood the reason behind it i knew why they were going to go with it um, but I really wish that they had some other way of doing it. You know, you could have easily had Sean um, do something like he did with The Undertaker and Brett, where, uh, say, like, Triple H comes in, Triple H is getting all pissy about it, or Orton shoves Sean, um, Sean ends up super kicking Brian by accident, one, two, three, you know, and then apologizing to him. The way they went about it, it, it left um, the match being the same as what's been going on with the storyline. But it's also made Shawn Michaels look like an idiot, you know, where he was this guy who would always he would do things his way. He would never do things anybody else's way. And all this bullshit about Triple H is my friend and all that malarkey. 
I don't agree with it. I I think there could have been more fleshed out from that story. There could have been more done. It, this whole feud, the the end of it, the what, reason why it's ended the way that it has, it just seems so overworked, so abrupt. And, you know, who who's actually come out the successor of this feud? None of them. Orton doesn't look great from it. Brian, you know, he's still the guy with a huge amount of face heat on him. He should be that guy who ended up with the WWE Championship. That should have been the story here, and it should have followed through with the the establishment or whatever they want to call them, basically trying to take the title off of Brian. But they didn't do that. They they went another route. So that, there's no one I could say about it. I, I wasn't happy with it, and I felt like the WWE could have done a lot better. I've expected better. Well, that wraps us up for Hell in a Cell, other than... When we talk about all of our points that we got, and I'm going to switch that over to Peyton. So give us a little rundown of what happened with the Fantasy League, that we, uh, the points and all that other kind of stuff. <clears throat> well, Hell in a Cell was a unique event for the turnout on our points. Uh, currently, I'll give you the total scores that we have. Uh, in first place, still reigning supreme, is the team now captained by Mr. Drew White. Sitting pretty with 885 points. Coming up behind, we have Tony Mango in second place with 645 points. In third place, Mr. Michael Burhan with 530. Myself in fourth with 425. In fifth place, Mr. Braden Mayhew with 210. Sixth, the red team captained by Mr. Steven Huego, 170 points. And in last place, Mr. Miguel Leah, not too far behind though, with 115 Boo. I'm reviving uh, Team Stoner. Are, are you saying boo or boo urns? I'm boo saying boo urns. So with the closing of another pay-per-view, that comes to the end of a session as well. So everything starts anew. We go into a new thing that has zero points at the beginning, and in the end, all the points come to a total, of course. But the significant thing is that it resets in who gets to sub someone out on their team. So what I'd like to do is go through everybody and just see if there's any substitutions we got to put out there. Miguel, you are currently last place, so you have first pick. Is there anybody you would like to substitute? Uh, give me a second. Let me check the. Uh, uh you don't really got time to do that, man. Give me, give me somebody. Yeah, we really got time for that. Uh, let me see. Got all week to look up things like that. Clearly, you want El Torito. You know what? Screw it. Because they haven't won anything in a long time. Sub out Cesaro and Ryback for Los Matadores. Well, you only get one. Oh. Um. Sub out Ryback for Fernando. Okay. Wago? Overlooking my team, the only one I'm tempted to do is either Seamus or Wade Barrett. I want to keep Seamus because I think he's going to be hot when he comes back. Well, you you got to announce the one that you did, too. Hmm? You have to oh. announce the one that you did. Who did I swap out again? I think I got gold. Oh my god. No, I totally gracious. forgot. I don't know he's doing this on this show. I'm never here. <laughs> oh my god. You substituted Luke Harper for Santino Morella. I substituted Luke Harper for Santino Morella. <laughs> Alright. Fucking yeah. Christ. Alright. <laughs> Brain's not here. I will be subbing out. Bo Dallas for Diego, the other member of Los Metadores, Mr. Uh... Burhan. I'm keeping mine. I'm going in this for the long haul. Tony? Give me a minute. I want to trade five people for uh, other people at the same time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he also wanted uh, Los Matadores. 
No, I'm for now. I'm going to keep mine the same because I can't think of anybody else better to put in any slot. All right, Drew's not here. Miguel, if you would like to do a second sub, you can now. You already took the other guy, though. Do you want to? Okay. Do you want to trade me, Diego, for Antonio Cesaro? No. Okay. I'm not going to take advantage of that. He might be getting that little bit of a push. Got the big no. swing going. Yeah, that that's going to get old fast. Swing when you're winning. All right. I, I guess I'll hold on to what I've got for now. Steven, anything else you want to do? Mm, nah, I'm good. I mean, Wade Barrett's tempted to get rid of, but I don't know who I'd replace for him unless you guys got any suggestions. Nope. Um, so that brings it back to me. I am going to sub out Eric Rowan for Luke Harper. Why that? <laughs> to be a dick. No, I actually think Luke Harper is the, the guy with potential out of the whole team. And that's including Bray Wyatt. I think Luke Harper has got the biggest future out of that trio. So I, I am happy to welcome Luke Harper to the team. Fuck it. They have a future. Luke Harper does. All right. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I think we, we've done our rounds. I don't think since you and Burhan didn't have anybody you wanted to sub. That concludes us for this week. I don't know. Maybe I want to get that Eric Rowan to get all those points here. Right? <laughs> Maybe you want to sub like uh, CM Punk for Eric Rowan and then like uh, yeah, Daniel Bryan for Ryback. <laughs> oh, you're beating me to it. No, no, I'm good. And if her hand's good, then we might as well just uh, kind of cap that off. Um, which brings us to the last thing we need to take care of as far as business, and that's the plugs. What's the first plug? As always, you know what it is by now. Sign me up initiative. Bring a smart out moment sign to any kind of wrestling event, whether it's a WWE pay-per-view or a taping of a TV show or Ring of Honor or something or other. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. You do what Awesome Piano Man did, where he brought it to Monday Night Raw, or you can take it to anything else that you can think of. And if you send a picture or a video of it to me, I will put it up on the next episode and on the website itself. Remember, guys, that when we have that next – or not next week, I shouldn't say – uh, November 15th, we have that live edition of Smack Talk coming, so send in your questions for the monthly mailbag, because we'll be taking that care of, uh, taking care of that right then, and taking your calls live, so you can call in and tell us whatever you think is going on in wrestling in your mind, or anything else, you know, we'll just have fun bullshitting around. Uh, remember to subscribe to everything when it's a Mango Tree related, all the stuff from Fanboys Anonymous, Out on Limbs, the Bleacher Report shit, so on and so forth. You know it all from me by now, so I don't need to really drag that on any further. But I'm going to pass this over to Burhan. www.nerdgenius.com for everything nerdy, of course. And if you want to go to another place where it's full of fandom and nerds and geeks alike, go to fanboysanonymous.com. I've got an article up there on the IP Expo. Um, and you can also check out I Got Gameplay every Saturday, 8 p.m. on Mega Powers Radio, Otaku Nation, once a month. 8 p.m. every well monthly Sunday on Mega Powers Radio as well. Um, so yeah, check those out, guys. And also remember, um, I have a company as well called Enigma Entertainment, where we've got a football studio going around and loads of film productions and TV shows and stuff going on. So stay tuned to that as well. And you can like us on Facebook now with facebook.com forward slash Enigma Entertainment. E N I G M A R. Stephen Wago. Every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can tune into Unanimous Decision MMA over on Dream Elite. Um, just type in blogtalkradio.com slash dreamelite, and you can tune in to listen to myself, uh, Brendan Legan, sometimes uh, the powerful Clint Davis, and we'll be talking about all the MMA goodness going on. 
Miguel Leon. Uh, Fanboysanonymous.com. Check out 90s Kid Presents. Still working on that part two of that uh, top 16 greatest games of the late 90s. Don't know when I'm going to get that out. I'm also working on uh, scripts for This Job for Hire, which is Burhan's uh, TV series, well, internet series on YouTube. So check that Jericho out. Jericho stole it. Yeah, we're, we're, coming for, we're coming for you, Jericho. But, um, yeah, uh, just check that out. Check out This Job for Hire. Check out fanboysanonymous.com. Check out my articles. That's pretty much it. And Mr. Payton. I am the president of operations over at Mega Powers Radio, so please support all the excellent shows that we got going on there by checking out megapowersradio.com. Subscribe to us on youtube.com slash megapowersradio where you'll see all of our latest shows posting up on there. Most of our shows are also archived on fanboysanonymous.com, so you can find that. And also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash megapowersradio. Also check out the newly focused keepingkfabe.com where I've just took on a few writers. And now we're going to be doing a bunch of articles based on historic wrestling figures and things of the like. So I don't mean like action figures. I mean like <laughs> that, that one historic time where you had that match you were playing when you were a little kid. Yo, Invader like jumped off of the top shelf in my bedroom all the way down onto Yokozuna, who was positioned inside a pile of teddy bears. <laughs> and then his head fell off. That infamous teddy bear <laughs> match. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check out all of that and all my other fine matches at YouTube.com. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm done. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. Thanks again to everybody who did the show tonight, everybody who was listening, of course. Coming up next week, I don't know what our special feature is going to be, so if you have any suggestions of what you might want to see, go ahead and leave a comment, and maybe you will pick one of them. I don't know. Maybe we'll just end up doing another random Superstar Scores, Buff Bagwell, or something like that, for all we know. Billy Corgan buying TNA. That's what we're going to talk about. (laughs) So that'll do us in for episode 104. This has been another Smart Out moment. And we're being counted out. Adios, everybody. I've known you all my life. Before you were closing shows. I can't believe it's time for you to go. Tell me a lie and say that you won't outro. Open your eyes. And please don't close this show. I can't believe that it wasn't yesterday. TNA's gonna go away. Never say I'll try. Thank you. I'm here all night. <laughs>